0: Uh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the week seven edition of the Pro Football Focus Show. Uh, here on Roto Grinders, I am Britt Divine, as always, uh, with my man for this year, Mr. Daniel Kelly. Daniel, what week seven? What is going on? I feel like I just started playing DFS for football like a week ago. What's going on?
1: It's it's wrapping up somehow already halfway through. I don't even know what to do with it. What, what's uh, what's this, Vince Vincent Man XFL? Is that coming to PFF? Uh, you know, I bet, bet it will. They haven't told me, but it would not surprise me at all. I know you know, we had a big you know Chris is in there working some deals with Vince McMahon, right? I know we had all the AAF stuff. It would not surprise me even a little.
0: Yeah, so I have to see how that goes. Uh, XFL fantasy. Hey, who knows? Maybe that'll pick up too. Um, but anyway, let, let's uh, let's talk NFL. We always like to look back, right? I look back at my lineups. Hey, they look good last week. I like looking at one. Look, looking back at them when they look as good as they did last week. But uh, we always like to look back in fantasy uh, a variety of different ways, whether it's our lineups or statistics or look back at the games to try to look forward at what we can pull out from it. So you've got a couple of notes from your personal article here on PFF, uh, the What Did We Learn from Week 6. Uh, you wanted to talk about Will Fuller. Duke could have had another 50 fantasy points last week.
1: Yeah. that's Point chasers are going to be all over the map of Will Fuller because he went from the one of the best games ever a week ago to – a dud, basically. But the, the, the thing is, he was used basically the same way. If he'd come down with the passes last week, he did the same as the week four. If he hadn't come down with the ones four, there's no difference in Will Fuller. He is who he is. He's kind of Deshaun Jackson-y, but, oh, but his his usage has risen this year. He's being used about the same as DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is disappointed somehow, uh, so far, but I don't think that will continue. But just don't point Chase to Will Fuller is the point. He's going to have big weeks and small weeks. You shouldn't change how you use him. Yeah, just uh he dropped
0: what is it? three more touchdowns. Uh Hopkins dropped uh, a couple of big passes. So the Texans just could to had a, an absolutely monster game against the Chiefs. But yeah, if you're just getting all the all the air yards, all the touchdowns, if all that is in your grasp, uh you know, I still like Will Fuller uh in tournaments, probably not so much in in cash as his price continues to skyrocket as more people use him. But uh yeah, highs and lows. That's what you're going to get out of Will Fuller for sure. Uh the other guy is you want you want to mention some some other names here. We're going to go to the Bengals, and, and we're not going to talk about, you know, Joe Mixon. We might even not talk about Joe Mixon this week either, even though he's cheap. Uh, you want to talk about Auden Tate? Uh, got some time. Tar- my, my man Tyler Boyd, he was like the only zero, uh, basically. So got shut down um, by Marlon Humphrey uh, of the of the Ravens. Uh, what are we doing with Auden Tate? Is this
1: real? Just a, a huge dude catching everything uh, with a giant wingspan. Yeah, he's he's basically their tight end now. Tyler Eifert sort of disappointing, and he's been really relevant. He's averaged eight and a half targets and four and a half receptions since week since week two, and that's uh, he's had at least nine PPR points every week over the last four weeks. We'll talk about. Uh, Scott Barrett's expected fantasy points later, but over the last four weeks. Tate is ninth among receivers in expected fantasy points. He's a real relevant name. Long as A.J. Green is out, he's going to be a, a real lineup consideration. Even when Green's back, assuming that ever happens, assuming he doesn't stay hurt mm-hmm. or get traded, I think we're still going to pay attention to Tate. I think he's going to be a guy on the – on the list all year long. If Green's back and Ross is back, right, we're going to play with Tyler Boyd. We probably won't be able to
0: use tape. But until that whole family is sort of back in there, and who knows if Green even actually plays for the Bengals anymore. Maybe plays like one game, gets traded. He wants out of there unless they're going to give him a contract. It's sort of a, you know, it's turning. I thought they were always going to pay A.J. Green. But with how messy the Bengals have been and how bad their team is, why on earth would they want to pay such an, an older player when they almost have no hopes for the next couple of years? But, uh, yeah, always a, a fun article to read. Daniel's here. He puts a lot of time and effort into it. This is out early, too, on Mondays, right? They, they wake you up at the crack of dawn to get this thing up, right? Oh, yeah. It, it's out by 8 a.m. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, take a look at that if you have a, a pro football focus sub. Uh, let's switch gears into this week's and we always like to talk a little showdown on this slate, and we got a really fun game. This kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with probably one of my my bigger uh, bets that I, I want to make this year so far, so let's talk some showdown. Uh, I'll talk. I don't understand this. How Kansas City, uh, I got him at plus or uh, at a minus three and a half. I went to three. I went and bet him again. I don't understand how Kansas City is just a three-point uh, favorite in Denver. You look at the teams. It's Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Flacco, that's at least worth like a seven-point spread. I don't care who else is on, <laughs> the rest of the football team, who your coaches or anything like that. They don't have the firepower to match that. The only thing I can see is it's certainly not Sammy Watkins keeping the spread close. Maybe they're a little worried, a short week going in, in altitude. All right, maybe I understand that. Maybe it's the run game that Denver can do against Kansas City in clock control. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's the ankle injury. Of Patrick Mahomes, let's try to figure all this out and talk a little showdown and uh you know, I want to make some bets on this. game too
1: yeah I, I think there's a lot of reasons why the line's a little lower than we might expect i still I still agree with you that it's a little crazy, but the time of possession thing is a real thing. The Chiefs have had a lower time of possession every week since week two. Last week, they had the lowest single time of possession all year, and I read somewhere I don't know if this is true didn't check it myself, but it is the lowest time of possession for a home team since like nineteen fifty so the the teams aren't learning how to how to keep the ball away from Mahomes. They're running the ball against the Chiefs defense that can't can't stop the run very well. So I think that's a real thing. I think we're going to see a lot of Philip Lindsay, a lot of Royce Freeman in this game. I would have no problem stacking both of them in a, in a showdown lineup. That's I still think the Chiefs are a better team. I still think they're three-point favorites, and they'll probably cover that. But I can see why the argument is a little bit that, that, that uh, the, the, the line might not be as big as we would have guessed. Yeah, what are we doing with uh, Sammy Watkins was already
0: ruled out. Is there anything to gleam into that? Tyreek Hill, right? didn't really play a ton of snaps when he was on the field. It seemed like it was like a target for every like two and a half snaps he was on the field or something like that, right? I think the snaps probably go up to probably like a normal level, right? I don't see any reason. I understand why they held him out a little bit in the first game. Maybe to prepare for this game, I I would expect him to kind of move back into 100% of the snaps. Uh,
1: Well, I mean, that's going to depend on his health almost entirely. So I don't. if he's healthy, yeah, I agree completely. There's a chance he's not. Mm -hmm. Either way, with Watkins out, we saw – Almost uh, the, the vast majority of the snaps that weren't Hills were Demarcus Robinson's last week. Michael Hardman, Byron Pringle didn't see that much playing time. So Hills, obviously, the name to pay attention to. But if you're not going to be on Hill, if you want to pivot, I think Robinson's the name you're going to be looking at. Uh,
0: I mentioned I wanted to get a couple of bets in this game. If you guys want to play along, right, you can get involved in our sharp side contest. We have growing here on RotoGrinders. You can download it from your iOS or your Android store. We've got 10k in total prizes weekly. Uh, we've got half-season prizes, 5K to the winner at the end of the season. Uh, you can download it for free. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything to play along. Swipe on the totals. Swipe on the over-unders. We've got prop bets in there now, uh, sort of like a bet tracking app. But, hey, there's free money involved as well. Uh, I, I've been doing horrible. Over, I, I just kind of like look and swipe and look and swipe and look and swipe. Hey, I can win some of this free money. I want to try I want to try to get my hands on it. And if you guys want to play along, uh, get on to Sharpside and have some fun with that. The, our dev team. I uh, put a lot of work into it, and uh, you can have a lot of fun uh, on the SharpSide app. Uh, let's sort of move into uh, a couple of the other bets that we wanted to talk about. Give some people to swipe on SharpSide. How about that? I mentioned I like Kansas City. Uh, why do I like it? Well, they, they always put up points on the road. You go back to last year, every game's like 45 to 28 or something like that. They're just putting up a bunch of points. I just don't think Denver has enough firepower to do that, along with I just think Patrick Mahomes himself. Uh, is worth so much compared to Joe Flacco. That was one of the easier bets. Uh, one of the tougher bets, Daniel. Uh, I'm a sicko, right? I like pain. I like torture. Dolphins plus 17. I, I put real American dollars on that one. Uh, I just don't think Buffalo is good enough, right, to be. I, I know they're good, and I know their defense is good, and but I just don't think they deserve to be 17-point favorites against anybody. So I, I just hope maybe Fitz Magic gets a little bit of that back, and and I get on the good side of his variance, right? Instead of the three pick sixes, maybe I get a touchdown and and no interceptions or something like that. Um, but but uh, I'm embracing the pain on a on a Dolphins <laughs> plus seventeen. I usually don't take these, but I just think that's too many for Buffalo.
1: It's it's one of those, especially with Fitzpatrick, they're either going to lose by six or they're gonna lose by 60 and there's not gonna be middle ground there so you're gonna know if you have this bet by the end of the first half
0: uh what are what are a couple you're looking at i'll bring it up on green line
1: well i i love the uh jags minus three versus cincinnati it's, mm-hmm. it's set up perfectly for leonard Fournette to just go nuts in this game dj chart get back to the good side cincinnati can't stop anybody so i think Jacksonville covers that one easily All right, looks like it's up to plus three and a half on green line. I like that, too. The
0: Bengals are just so bad. I actually bet uh, the under on this game because I just think – I know there's a lot of defenses. It was 44. I think I got it at 44 and a half. Uh, I think it probably goes up. The Bengals are missing some people. The Jaguars, you know, they traded away Jalen Ramsey. If it gets some steam up to like 45, just take the under. The Bengals' offense, they just – they can't do anything, and I don't think the Jaguars are good enough as bad as the Bengals are to really – Light into them or anything like that So uh, I, I I like I actually like the under On this game. Uh, I got the under last week Right? Bengals, Ravens uh, I put money on that and uh, I'm going right back I just I just think the Bengals are just so bad Offensively that I, I can just Blindly bet unders in, in, in games That they're in because I just don't really think they can put up too many Points. Uh, so that's one of my other ones As well. Uh, the other one is I had a little spirited talk uh, With the head honcho here Mr. DB730 Dan Bach uh, I uh this is an interesting one. We've got the Houston Texans and the Colts. I'm going to pull it up here. And there's a couple of things. You know, I I thought Houston is definitely better than the Colts. I think the, the offensive weaponry that the Texans have is elite. And I don't think the Colts are. The only problem is, right, the Colts are off the bye. We've got the Texans off this, you know, this big win against Kansas City. There's a couple of those narratives going in here. Do you have a lean on this? To, to me, it's just the Texans are just by so far the better team. I'm willing to overlook the buy. I'm willing to overlook you know the the big game they just played and, and get my money in on. them.
1: Man, I, I I'm I'm not with you on this one. Uh, yeah, I will say straight up, I'm a Colts fan, so I'm probably biased. Oh, uh, here we
0: go, here we go. But
1: but the the, the Texans have the flashier names. They have the better skill players. I don't think there's any question about that. But the, the Colts have the better uh, O line. They by a lot. They have a defense that's probably better, especially with the Texans down some guys. I, I'm not saying I would definitely take the Colts here. I'm just saying I think it's so close that I wouldn't bet it. And I, you seem way more confident than I would be. You're on the hey, yeah, You got Deshaun Watson, right? I mean, this is like another thing. I think he's
0: miles ahead of Jacoby Reset. and I think the quarterback play can just kind of overcome uh, some things. Sort of like I'm playing the Kansas City game. Uh, all right, let's get out of let's get an over under. Let's have some fun. Everyone likes overs. You got a big over here. What do you want to What do you want to get money in on and
1: this? This. It's Rams Falcon I just who's going to stop anybody if Jalen Ramsey makes it onto the field maybe and it's it's looking like he might but even with that even with that they're, da- they're out of cornerbacks other than Jalen Ramsey and he's been there one day there's Nobody on either side of this ball can stop anybody else. We'll talk about it a little bit, little later. My concerns with Jerry Goff, but overall, I just don't see how these teams don't put I'm both put up thirty points. And don't
0: least. forget, don't forget, guys. Uh, if you want to play along with those bets or make any of your own, even for free, just on the tracking app here at SharpSide, get in. We have a contest, weekly winners, half season winners, end of season winners. It's all free to play and have some fun. You can use Green Line, you can use our picks, you can pick names out of a hat, whatever you want to do. Start swiping and win some money on SharpSide. Uh, all right. DFS Uh, lots to talk about let's get to quarterback Uh, I think it's going to be sort of like last week I think it's going to be pretty chalky on maybe four to six quarterbacks this week and then anything else you do outside of that is going to be pretty contrarian Uh, I think we want to talk about some of the chalkier names first I'll let you have the floor Josh Allen now don't tell me he's going to score a lot of points right I took the Dolphins plus 17 (laughs) so uh, you know I, I do like Josh Allen I understand where you're coming from different DFS and sports betting. uh, I think you can kind of understand the differences between those two.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, the, the thing is, Miami's just such a, a nice opponent for anybody, but particularly for a running quarterback. They've allowed the fourth-most rushing yards because everyone goes ahead and just runs the ball down. But they've also had the third-most touchdowns despite having their bye. They've only picked off one pass all year. And the nice thing about Allen is he only has real, two real stacking options. You're pairing him with John Brown, you're pairing him with Cole Beasley, and you're done. So it's, it's, it's a nice matchup. It's a guy you know who you can play with, and he's got a lot of upside in this game. You forgot one of the DFS plays of the week, Devin Singletary. My you, you see, he
0: was running all over the place, getting 10 yards every single play. He's back.
1: Yes, you're not going to stack him with Josh Allen, but oh, I'm yeah. like, I, I, I like am stacking for, him
0: with the defense. I am for sure. I'm playing some Singletary. That dude was electric out of, in the passing game. So uh, I like that. Yeah, definitely. I would forego. I, I would actually forego Cole Beasley and stack him with Devin Singletary instead. I think Singletary is in store for a, uh, a pretty reasonable game. Uh, I'll let you talk. Let's talk Kyler Murray, too, right? We've, we've been playing him at home. Um, but like now he's on the road, but who cares, right? It's the Giants. They're absolutely atrocious by anything I look at on PFF or any metric we have here at roto on Gridiron IQ. He's all systems go. He's running uh, and he's, he's passing deep now. It's not that horizontal air raid. They're chucking it down the field. Uh, and I think he's
1: definitely worth the price tag. Yeah, he, he's he's improved a lot as the season's gone on. Weeks one through four, his grade was 61.6. It was one of the bottom five grades in the league, I think. Now it's 87.6 the last two weeks. He's, I think, fourth greatest quarterback in that time. Uh, he's he's doubled his carries per game. He's almost tripled his rushing yards per game. The Giants have the lowest coverage grade in the league at 38.7. They have, they've allowed the most uh, pass plays of 15-plus yards. There's Just everything is set up for Kyler to have a big game here
0: and if uh Christian Kirk were sort of waiting on him right if he gets back even better I'll kind of give him that safety valve and those those mid mid-range passes uh that i don't know maybe that maybe that was, was holding him back You get christian kirk out of the lineup the air raid offense he's able to throw it deep <laughs> a little bit more but uh christian kirk's good and if he gets him back i really don't see how that's a negative for kyler i'm gonna save one of my favorite quarterbacks that i want to talk about in a second because we're gonna we're gonna have a little boxing match about this uh, i'm gonna talk first about lamar jackson silly me last week right i was worried that the run game for the ravens was going to be so good that he wouldn't have to pass the ball over the field and yeah, you know, maybe I was right, but it was all Lamar Jackson doing all the running. 156 yards, third highest total in NFL history of a quarterback in terms of rushing yards. So I got I got the rushing correct that I was worried about Lamar Jackson's passing, but it was all Lamar Jackson doing running. And when you're a quarterback doing that, you have an absolutely insane floor ceiling combo. So I'm not worried about that this week at all. He's destroyed the weak defenses of Miami. Arizona, Cincinnati. Sure, what well, he's got to go on the road in Seattle, and the weather. Guess what? It's raining in Seattle. News flash. Uh, not sure if you guys going to figure that out, but that's what the weather's going to look like. I think this weekend doesn't really matter though. Seattle ranks thirtieth in adjusted sack rate, football outsiders. They're 29th in tackling on PFF. Which, if you're trying to, if you're a bad tackling team trying to get to Lamar Jackson, you're probably in trouble there. They're twenty fourth in pass rush. Nineteenth and pass coverage grades on PFF. It's just another bad defense. The one worry is right. Seattle. Seattle's up fourteen nothing, and then it's the Chris Carson game and, and grind the clock. Maybe there's not enough plays, but I, I don't think I'm really too worried about that. So Lamar looks like a smash play. Marquise Brown in out doesn't matter to me. I think he's going to be able to come through worth the price. And uh, you know, I'm looking on DraftKings. He's three hundred less than Deshaun Watson and or two hundred less than Deshaun Watson. And it looks like our ownership is probably bearing this out as well. But uh, Lamar Jackson uh, is to me the clear play overspending that extra two hundred on Deshaun Watson this week. You got you got a take on that game?
1: Uh, no, I think I, I like both those those topics. Uh, I, I I think Lamar Jackson. I mean, you're never going to be sad with him just because of the the ridiculously high floor. But overall, I like both those plays a lot. All right, let's talk a couple value quarterbacks. I can get behind both of these.
0: If you are going cheap, let, let's talk first uh, J- the the brisket, Jacoby Brissett. Um, you know, T.Y. Hilton is going to be extremely popular. He's just 5900 on DraftKings this week, extremely underpriced, probably by, I don't know, 800 to to $1,000. So uh, Hilton is going to artificially bump up Brissett's ownership, at least in tournaments, because people are going to be looking for stacking options. But, got If there's ever a game, they sort of unleash them and they go away from sort of the, the, the pound the rock Marlon Mack game. The Texans can score. I think maybe the Colts are, are forced to pass the ball a little bit more.
1: Yeah, and we – we we love Brissett so far. He's been top twelve fantasy yeah. points per game, top twelve fantasy points per dropback. Nobody would have seen that coming a few weeks ago. And Houston has given up twenty plus fantasy points to all but two quarterbacks so far. Garden Minshew in his first career start, who still got to eighteen points, and Kyle Allen, who is Kyle Allen. He's had some success, but whatever. It's not somebody you're counting on. So better it's than a Cam matchup. <laughs> Is he? I don't know. I'm just that saying. Conversation That's is what Twitter so silly. says. <laughs> yeah, I know it's so dumb. Uh, but Brissett is—you know—you mentioned the stacking option. You're not going to be pairing him with any of these, you know, Chester Rogers, Zach Pascal. So it's going to be Brissett, Hilton, and go to town. Uh, and let's uh, let's talk some Danny Dimes, Daniel
0: Jones. Now we don't know about Sterling Shepard. Uh, if he's in, he's going to have a full complement of weapons out there. You got Golden Tate. Uh, he was running all over the place against the Patriots. Evan Ingram is the talk of the town this week. Evan Ingram's very expensive, by the way. I think there's some some cheaper tight ends. They don't they don't follow that Twitter flowchart, right? But the, the Hunter Henry at 4K, that's sounding pretty good. We'll talk about that when we get to tight ends. But uh, there, there's a lot of weapons. You get Saquon back. I absolutely love Saquon this week uh, coming off the injury. Uh, if you like all them, you like, you know, deep players against Arizona, how on earth do you not want to play Danny Dimes?
1: Yeah, the only, only thing I can say to try to talk down Danny Dimes is that Patrick Peterson is probably back this week. Ooh. That's one thing. He might get one guy that's better than oh, that. Jones had his huge first start against Tampa Bay, who has a 47.1 coverage grade. Everyone should have a good game against Tampa Bay. And his matchup has progressively gotten harder every week. 60.9 coverage grade, 88.1, 93.5 against the Patriots. This week, it's the Cardinals, who have a 53.0 coverage grade. That sets up perfectly for Jones to have another big game again. All right. uh, I'm going to
0: let you... Talk about, let, let's get the one of the duds out of the way here because I, I have an extremely different viewpoint than you in this one. I think most of the DFS world does too. So uh, I'm, I'm going to, I see, what are you deleting all my stuff on our sheet here? I see you, I see you going around there. <laughs> I see you deleting your takes. Uh, let's talk about uh, Jared Goffel. Uh, that's the guy you want to talk and I want to I talk about Jared Goff. So I'll let you talk about
1: Jared Goffel. I don't want anybody to think I'm saying Goff's gonna have another two point outing. I don't think he is. But I think he's gonna be ridiculously popular, and I think his upside is not as high as we want it to be. His home road splits the last two years are dramatic. It's 21.0 points per game at home, 12 and a half on the road. Goff has had some awful floors. We had that two-point game, we had a ten-point game. The chances of him returning value on this are are decent. He could turn around, he could turn around and have a six touchdown game. But if he does, you're not going to be differentiated from anybody else. And if he doesn't, you're going to be wasting that time. And he's had a lot of bad games lately. I just don't trust him like everybody else does.
0: Uh, so I've pulled up the Jared. So I know the Jared Goff uh, home road. I'm well aware of that. I pulled up the Jared Goff dome splits, though. They look they look pretty good, the Jared Goff dome splits. So uh, I know they're always on the road. You could look at this a lot of ways. Uh, you know, I always uh, make fun of them right that. Uh, Sean McVay is the puppet master, pulling all the strings behind the scenes into his ear. But talk if you want to talk about the ultimate, biggest ever and created in DFS history, get right spot, this is it for Jared Goff. There's no pass rush, right? Atlanta's last and adjusted sack rate. Somehow they're 16th in pass rush grade in PFF. I'm not going to downplay your PFF guys, but they're missing <laughs> something because that that 16th pass rush grade is non-existent. They're 31st in coverage grade. So again, they're they're right on track on that one too dead last in sacks in the season they're allowing 31 points a game the most fantasy points to quarterbacks i can keep going on and on and on then this uh golf hasn't been good um but right like he faced carolina i think the carolina defense is pretty good he faced new orleans i think the new orleans defense is decent the tampa bay pass defense right he lit them up uh he struggled against san francisco oh well he torched seattle right i think that's a bad defense. This is like the worst pass defense in the league here. I think this is the most absolute get right spot we're gonna get from Golf. I know it's not on the road. We've got some concerns at running back, what's gonna happen for them, but Daniel, this is this is gonna make or break our show this week. you you're call <laughs> he's Jared Goffle to you, and he's Jared Goff to me.
1: I I'm I'm not gonna even dignify the Goffle pun. I'm just gonna <laughs> let sure that go. I, I heard that.
0: I think I think that was from uh Davis Maddox somewhere uh on, on the interwebs and it uh you know it stuck with me so i like that one <laughs> sorry davis for, for stealing your shtick on that one um anyone else i agree with you on Brissett. Uh i think he's a pretty good play i've dug into it. i'm doing the grind down jamino's off in some conference schmoozing and, and doing a lot of stuff for roto grinders behind the scenes so uh, i got to write some of the grind down. i've become really interested in matt stafford against this vikings defense as a cheap tournament play you have legitimate stacking options, right? You can get the, you know, baby Tron, Kenny Galladay. You've got Marvin Jones. You've got really good bring it back options on the other side. So if you're looking for a own tournament play this week, my dude is definitely uh, going to be Matt Stafford. You can run it back really easily uh, with a bunch of different options and get really low ownership and low ownership stacks that go off are basically the key to unlocking extremely good tournament teams. So I have kind of keyed on on that uh, you got one more player, quarterback, you wanted to talk about in a bad way, and I mean, how, how can we keep talking bad about Aaron Rodgers all the time?
1: It's just that he's he's not what he used to be. He hasn't had a three touchdown game since more than a year ago. It was October seventh last year, last time he threw for three touchdowns in a game. He last year he started out real hot. He had four games of twenty plus fantasy points in their first six weeks. Had their week seven bye. He has played sixteen games since. He has had four more games of 20-plus fantasy, fantasy points, only two over 22 points. So the chances of him returning 3x scoring in this are just so low. I, I mean, his his wide receivers might be me and you. So I just I, I don't think there's a lot of upside left to Aaron Rodgers, at least until he gets Devontae Adams back. And Adams is 100%, and we don't know when that's going to be.
0: Yeah, I've got to write this game for the game, the grind down. I I'm not doing that till the absolute deadline tomorrow. <laughs> Hopefully, I get some injury in a situation so I don't have to rewrite everything I write. But uh, yeah, I just uh, with so many question marks. Uh, this is this is the is it
1: Jamal Williams season? Season? How do you even say that, Daniel? What is it? I mean, I just say season because abbreviations like that bother me (laughs) but i i don't know i I think i think you may you may look at those guys but my guess is i'm just going to be hands off the packers this week I, i don't i don't want any part of it i think it's just going to frustrate me all right let's have some fun let's go to running backs i don't want to
0: spend a ton of time on leonard fournette right duh that's what that's what i wrote for for my uh for my little piece on leonard fournette you've got a couple of things it's just the lock of all locks is Leonard Fournette this week against the Bengals? Well, we've got some other plays I think we want to spend some time on, but I'll, I'll let you give it. I'll give you 30 seconds on Fournette.
1: Just the only thing I wanted to note is he's secondly in touches per game. Not too surprising. He's leading the league in routes run at running back. You, you would If you guessed before the season who would be leading that after six weeks, Fournette would have been your 60th guess. Nobody would have guessed he'd have this much involvement in the passing game. And that much involvement in the passing game means that much more potential for fantasy points. So, yeah. Lock he in sh- box and we're good. He's like an
0: $8,200 running back in a 7k and it just unlocks uh, all kinds of potential in your lineups. He's going to be, uh, I think, compete for the highest owned player on uh, the week, in my opinion, uh, a couple other guys, uh, Chris Carson. He's another one. I rode him to glory in my cash games last week going right back. You know, you can tell me Rashad Penny's in, you can tell me Penny's out. I don't care. Carson looks to be another one of these stone cold box for me.
1: Yeah. Second league in carries so far. We just saw the Ravens get better in their secondary by adding Marcus Peters. If anything, that's going to lead teams to want to run more against them. And Baltimore has been boom-bust matchup for the for running back so far. Nick Chubb and LaShawn McCoy had smashed games. David Johnson, Joe Mixon kind of flopped. So Carson could be a little risky in that sense. But, man, if he hits, he's going to hit real hard. And if Joe Mixon flops against you, does it even count? I mean, I, I, don't, yes, exactly. I don't think
0: we're counting that against anybody. So uh, a couple other ones, uh, a couple other notes, right, on Carson. 26 rushes plus targets in three straight games. Um, the Ravens run D is not horrible, but it's hard to just overlook that every down opportunity. When you, when you get these guys, you know, he's 80 plus percent snap share. Those are sort of the magical numbers that you want from your starting running back. And he's got it right now. And he's, he's another guy who's just a little bit too cheap. Uh, I want to talk about Saquon. He's his, you know, his price is high and it is a little prohibitive. If you try to smash uh, Saquon, Cook and Fournette into your DraftKings lineup, right? You are, you are really starving at wide receiver, and there's not a lot of cheap wide receiver this week. So you got to do something a little weird at the rest of your lineup to make something like that work. But man, Saquon just looks to be in the smash of all smashes, coming off injury. The Giants' offense it's starting to get good. Arizona defense, 25th in rush DVOA, 26 in rushing D uh, defensive grade at Pro Football Focus. They're allowing the fourth most rushing yards this year, the sixth most yard yards before contact. I mean, what do you think Saquon's going to do to this Arizona defense? He's going to absolutely go bonkers. I don't really see him being limited in any way, shape, or form. Um, John Hillman was so bad; they were just like, "Nah, dude, you can go <laughs> hang out in the XFL or whatever it is you got to do." We got Saquon back. He's going to be back to near near full workload, uh, I think, right off the stop, the uh, right from the get go, and he's expensive and you might not be able to play Cook with them or you might not be able to play Cook and Fournette with them because your lineups do look pretty wonky, especially at wide receiver if you do that. But, man, he isn't. He could easily be the highest-scoring running back, putting up 35, 40-plus fantasy points this week.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely a smash spot. Everything you said is right. The only thing I would add is I, I wouldn't want 100% exposure to him or anything like that, even a hugely high percentage mm-hmm. of it all, just because the chance he comes out and isn't as good as we think he's going to be, mm-hmm. isn't as healthy as we think he's going to be. So I, I want to I hedge a little bit on the chances of injury. But otherwise, yeah, absolutely a smash spot.
0: Yeah, you never want to go all in on the super expensive guys either. It just kills – you know, your, your team yeah, no from, from, from lineups of construction, but uh, man, it is, it is really tough to overlook him this week. Uh, all right. So we've got some expensive players. Hey, maybe I want to play Saquon and Dalvin cook. Let's give some value plays that we can fit in here. And there's a lot in, in this five to six tier range on DraftKings. I mean, we can come up with four or five dudes. Uh, I think are worth playing to save some money. Uh, let's hash it out. Who's who's the best of the best.
1: Well, uh, I, I like Josh Jacobs this week. I think, you know, everyone knows what the Packers defense has been like against running back so far. They've been a little better the last couple weeks. They've given up at least one touchdown to the position every week since week one. They, we saw uh, Jordan Howard. We saw Dalvin Cook. We saw Philip Lindsay all have smash games against them. While Jacobs saw his career high in carries, his last time we saw him high in receptions and targets. It was only three, but whatever. He's getting more usage in the passing game. His his uh, snap share was huge in week one, and then it plummeted, but it's risen back. He's back up to 70% snap share. Uh, last time we saw him, I don't see any reason why that won't continue to climb. So I like him a lot this week.
0: Yeah, one guy I like to uh, Right in the grind down for that Detroit game. So I like Matt Stafford. I like this Lions offense this week, and I definitely like Carrion Johnson. So he's had the opportunity everybody wants, right? When you're getting these 80% plus of snaps and you're running a lot of routes, that's what unlocks Running back gold for us. It's all about opportunity. Unless your name's John Hillman and you're just so bad you just get straight up <laughs> cut after the game here. But carry on. Uh, since they got rid of CJ Anderson, he's just been beasting in opportunity. And on the surface, the Vikings' run defense is good, right? But let's let's go through the opponents. Week one, Falcons. That was Devontae Freeman. That's when he was stolen a wheelchair. Uh, we had the Packers. Week two, that was pre Aaron Jones going bananas or anything like that. The Raiders. At Chicago, right, David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, what's to worry about that? The Giants without Saquon, the Eagles, like, it, it's it's a whole bunch of, like, I wrote on the, the grind down, a whole bunch of meh and a whole bunch of LOL, right? It's just, it's not a, a lot of good running backs. And I think Carrion is a good running back. And while the right Vikings rank fourth in rush DVOA, I think it's a little bit of a mirage. Uh, on PFF, you've got the O-line graded as the fifth best run blocking unit. Uh, I, I think that's a positive sign here. I think he can get uh, some yards against the Vikings. I think he can catch some passes. I know Detroit likes to chuck it downfield, but if that's not open, I think maybe Carrion has the ability to get some dump offs. He's the, and this is the main thing, right? You probably think Carrion's, what, 6,200, 6,300? 6, He's 5,100 on DraftKings this week, which is absolutely insane for an all-purpose every-down running back in today's DFS landscape. So I'm loving that price tag. Carrion's one of my favorite players in, in that mid-tier I also want to mention you got another write-up on Tevin Coleman. I mean, this this is the goldmine. This is how you play Saquon and Dalvin Cook. Is you just forego a Leonard Fournette, you forego an Evan Ingram, right, and you you hit one of these mid-tier running backs, and all of a sudden you're able to make a, a really good lineup around it.
1: Yeah, we we saw Coleman and Brader, Coleman and Matt Brader kind of splitting the touches, but Coleman's getting the more valuable ones. I was going to talk about this when we got to Scott Slater, later. Mm-hmm. Screwed up and put it in both places, so that's on me. But whatever. Coleman, he had two point five two point five six expected touchdowns last week. That's the highest uh single game expected touchdowns by any player all season. He only scored once, darn too bad. If he keeps getting that kind of usage, he's gonna score a lot more. He had eight of the team's eight backfield opportunities inside the twenty. We're going to love some Tevin Coleman going forward. Yeah, he's the red zone back for an extremely
0: run-heavy team that has a really good running back schedule the rest of the season. And oh, they play the Redskins this week, my friend. So looks like some touches, uh, touchdowns in his future. Uh, Breda's interesting, but more of like a, a tournament home run threat, right? Because if he's not getting the high-value opportunities, he's got to break one from outside the 20. Really has me off R- Breda, and I would focus pretty much all my exposure in that San Francisco backfield. Uh, Onto Tevin Coleman, and let's hash out the Rams running back situation because we got maybe Gurley's going to be back, maybe Malcolm Brown's out. If they're both out, Daryl Henderson's going to be the absolute chalk in DFS. Uh, do we even care? Are we just playing whoever's going to be getting all the touches here?
1: Yeah, this I, I put the Malcolm Brown in our little sheet before I realized. What if, I what I if, realize what if Gurley? If Gurley's
0: back, right, and Malcolm Brown's out, are we going? Are we playing Todd Gurley?
1: Yeah, I think you have to. I think you talk about that matchup, especially with my slight reservations on Goff. I think you don't have a choice but to. But I think you're using the starter in this game no matter what. And even if, if, if one of those guys is in, the other is out, I think Daryl Henderson's still an interesting name. So I, I think you have no choice but to have a little bit of taste of whoever's going in this game.
0: Yeah, Gurley, he was getting a big snap share. If, he, if, if they're going to play Gurley, you have to assume he's good, right? Like they're not right. going to play a not 100% Todd Gurley. So if he's in there, take a look at that. If Gurley's out and Brown's in, right, take a look at Malcolm Brown. If they're both out, all in Daryl Henderson. Have fun. Uh, lots of injury situations like that you got to keep your eye on.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, right. I'm, willing to, sorry, I'm willing to forgive Malcolm Brown's one bad game. He's forced 11 missed tackles and 37 carries this year. Among backs with 20-plus carries, that's the third-best rate. So he's, he's a good player who had a bad week.
0: He got stuffed at the goal line twice. He gets one of those. He gets he gets us 10, uh, 11 DraftKings points, right? We're all we're all happy with that. The four points, it's it's still, I mean, I still had a great week, and I played Malcolm Brown in cash because it's just the, the cost savings. When you get these um, supposedly workhorse running backs getting a lot of touches and they're so cheap, you just play them because it gets you everything else that you want in your lineup usually. So, uh, all right, so you mentioned you, uh, you kind of went a little ahead on Scott's article here. Uh, the expected fantasy points. This is another reason I talked about Matt Stafford. I talked about Kerry and Johnson. We're going to talk about Kenny Galladay. This is like, I like the Lions. This is not the Lions of last year where they're slow and they're horrible and they're hurt. This is a healthy Matt Stafford with Kenny Galladay going bananas. Marvin Jones is doing great. TJ Hawkinson in the middle. Amendola is playing a little bit of relief. you got a good running back situation. You've got a good defense. I mean, this Lions team is legit.
1: Yeah, I mean, Galladay has been – he's been a legit uh, wide receiver one so far this year. He's leading the league in end zone targets with eight, and he had his bye week already. So he's he's getting monster usage. He's been between 15.5 and 20 expected fantasy points, which is what Scott talks about in his article – Every single week So it's hugely consistent Even if his results Haven't necessarily Been as consistent What you want to see Is the usage The usage has been Right up there He's second in deep Targets per game He's first in air yards Per game Everything about Galladay Is just suggesting He's a low end Wide receiver one At least And he could be Sorting with high end Wide receiver ones
0: I see my boy Carrion Johnson On here too right? This this Lions offense Is I'm telling you It's legitimate And they are a dangerous NFL offense I don't care if they're Going up against the Vikings This week I'm going to try to find Some shares
1: on it Anyone else you want to hit on in here? Yeah, I mean, just your note on on Johnson. First two weeks, he had 10.0 expected fantasy points per game. They cut C.J. Anderson and said, well, that was a mistake. Let's give it to Kerry on like yeah. we should have all along. And his expected fantasy points per game has doubled up to 19.7. That is a huge share. That is a lot. There's, There's this offense I did not see coming, but it's great. Yeah, and it looks like, what, his uh, expected touchdown differential, the largest among running
0: backs, and running backs just, they get touchdowns eventually. So, Carrion Johnson, 5,100 on DK. That is looking really, really juicy to me this week. Uh, All right, wide receivers. Let's have some fun. We have, uh, I don't know who the chalk outside. I think T.Y. Hilton's going to end up being the chalkiest wide receiver. He's 5,900 on DraftKings. Uh, I can talk about him in a second, but who are some guys – you're interested in high low ownership high price low price uh, let's kind of hash out some
1: good plays here I, I mean a lot of it's going to come down to Jalen Ramsey because if Jalen Ramsey doesn't play mm-hmm. yet Julio Jones mm-hmm. is just a ridiculous lock in this game now if Ramsey does play you can shy off him a little bit and slide right over to Calvin Ridley and Muhammad Sanu you want part of the Falcons' passing game though it, it, it's going to come down to Ramsey's role but regardless you're going to say whoever Ramsey's not guarding I want him yeah and you think too right if Ramsey uh, short week, you know, they
0: might just throw him on Julio. Hey, go out there, ball out on Julio. It's easy for him. He doesn't have to learn all the plays or anything like that. Right. So I think I think you could, uh, you know, if he's out there on Julio, that's going to be his job. Are you worried? I think uh, Scott always does the the wide receivers least affected by shadow coverage, and I'm pretty sure Julio is at the top where it just doesn't matter who's on Julio. But I think Ramsey would probably be the one guy I, I, I might pay attention to on Julio.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – all shadow coverage is not made equally. You know, it's Marshawn Lattimore struggled sometimes with shadow coverage, but Ramsey or Stephon Gilmore, those kind of guys, okay, I'm actually going to pay attention to that. So, no, I, 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 Scott's thing is an important note. It's worth knowing, but I don't think it's one size fits all in that, in that regard. Yeah. Uh, let's talk Hilton Ray right? crushes the Texans. I've already heard that about a thousand times.
0: Uh, And it's Wednesday night, so I'll hear it about 5,000 times by the time (laughs) Sunday morning comes around. You can go look at it. Absolutely destroys the Texans. But they're off by, they're indoors, and the Texans secondary is looking really shaky with injuries. These guys weren't even good, and they're getting injured. Now they're going to be playing like Lonnie Johnson, PFF's 106 graded cornerback. There's only 108 graded quarterbacks on PFF, and you're one, you're 106. You're just not really good. There's there's no one that's really going to be able to cover him. Maybe I should rethink that. I, I can't go get my money back from the casino, but maybe <laughs> I should stop trying to pour some money uh, into this one because that Texans secondary is looking really dicey. Um, but yes, Hilton is the clear chalk. I know you like him too. Is there there any reason right? Lower A dot. Um, he's getting end zone looks, but he's he's not T Y Hilton of Andrew Luck. This is the new T Y Hilton with Jacoby Brissett.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you talk about him smashing the Texans, and he does. But sometimes, you know you worry about whether that's uh, you know, a lot of use, or whatever. But it, it, last year, he had a three point seven six yards per route running against the Texans and two point one eight in all other games. That the league leader last year was at two point nine six. So he would he would have been the best receiver in the league by a wide margin in those sort of games. So we you know we know what he's gonna do against them. Texans have nobody left out there, and. Brissett has been fine. Brissett has not been Andrew Luck because nobody's Andrew Luck, but Brissett has been a perfectly competent quarterback. Yeah, let's. Uh, you like Kyler Murray,
0: at quarterback. You got to like Larry Fitz. Uh, you know, had that real strong start to the season, and he's fallen off a little bit. I don't know if it's old age or things just haven't gone his way here, but if there was another get-right spot, uh, it's Larry Fitzgerald against the Giants this
1: week. Yeah, his, his his raw numbers have fallen off a little bit, but his targets have stayed high. He has five every week, seven every week but one. He's, he's – Uh, I noticed this last week, he has already eclipsed his deep yardage total of every year since I think 2013, 2012, something like that. He's being used as a deep target. The Giants, as I said earlier, have given up more uh, deep plays than any other team in the league. So it's just a great mix for Larry Fitzgerald to go off again.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely like him. Fitz really good with Kyler Murray because he's accurate too. And Fitz can, you can just throw it around Fitz. And you know, Fitz is, he's not going to let the ball get intercepted against him. And he's likely going to come down with the ball if it's any sort of contested catch too. So I uh, absolutely love uh, Mr. Larry Fitzgerald there. A uh, couple other guys I wanted to talk about. So Tyler Boyd kind of hurt me a little bit last week. He got shadowed by Marlon Humphrey, who's turned out to be a pretty good shadow, a little slot cornerback over there, shutting down a couple of people. Um, Matchup's not great this week, right? Joe Hayden's okay, but he's still going to see some Trey Herndon, uh, PFF's 99th graded quarterback. I just mentioned there's only 108 graded quarterbacks on PFF. You're coming in 99th. You probably, I don't even know if you should really be in the NFL. Um, but he's not really <laughs> playing too well. Uh, Boyd plays 55% in the slot so far this year, so that's all going to be against Joe Hayden, but he moves around enough. If he ever gets matched up against Herndon, uh, I think Boyd should should really be able to, to do some damage on that one. Uh, I've got Galladay in here, and two Another nice note uh, that I pulled up is 90% of the touchdowns against Minnesota this year have been passing touchdowns, and 80% of the touchdowns Detroit has scored have been passing touchdowns, and you got to think Galladay uh, is going to be someone who scores a touchdown against Minnesota this week. Uh, Rhodes, right? Hey, he's been trashed this year. You look at the grades, kind of going back. It's a real good, steady decline for Xavier Rhodes. If you ask me, the roads open. Sorry for the bad pun there, uh, for Mister <laughs> for Mister Kenny Galladay this week. Uh, I want to ask you a couple of questions on. Uh, you know, you like Josh Allen? We got John. We got John Brown, right? Absolute. Is is John Brown a cash play this week? Given. This is this is something I'm struggling with. But given that there are ways that Buffalo could absolutely blow out Miami, that's not what I want with the the bet I told you guys to go make on the sharp side app. But are you worried? Hey, John Brown gets oh man, he only got six targets, but I mean six targets could still be hundred and two touchdowns.
1: I I thought you were saying 102 touchdowns. That was (laughs) a really good game. (laughs) Uh, I think I I think Brown is always a better term and option, but I think this is one time when he could be a good cash play. I think if I'm going cash, though, I'm going to be talking like you said, Devin Singletary or Cole Beasley or even Dawson Knox. So I I think that's how I'd look for cash. Then look at Brown there in third place.
0: All right, you've got a, a really definitely going to be low-owned value target this week. Uh, I like Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson's due for a pretty good game. Dude is balling out. He's back to Allen Robinson of old, catching everything, monster wingspan, basically unguardable if the ball's anywhere close to him, and he needs to be have a giant wingspan with Mitchell Trubisky throwing him the ball. But you got Anthony Miller in here looking like he might be able to break out this game.
1: Yeah, I I do worry about Allen Robinson maybe getting the shadow from Marshawn Lattimore, who struggled earlier in the year, but last three weeks he has been lights out. And Meanwhile, Miller has seen his usage gradually grow. Last time we saw him, he had seven targets, 52 yards, best of the season. Still not great, but nice to see. He's leading the the Bears in uh, slot routes. Meanwhile, the Saints had P.J. Williams as their starting slot corner, who was terrible, and now he's hurt, and they're going to replace him with someone who is sub P.J. Williams. It's probably going to be Patrick, uh, Patrick Robinson. So I, I just think this is a good matchup for uh, Miller, especially if Lattimore shadows Robinson. Uh, okay, a couple of duds. You got Thielen, And uh, the F1 McLaurin, I
0: I understand McLaurin a little bit. Thielen, I'm going to argue with you because I I dug into uh, right in the grind on some formational tendencies of the teams. These are sort of the depths I'll I'll look at on some things. And, uh, you know, the matchup against Justin Coleman looks good, but there's hardly more than two receivers on the field for Minnesota to off. I don't even know if Coleman's going to be on the field that much, Daniel.
1: Uh, reasonable, but I just feel like Thielen, yeah, he gets enough slot usage. He's, he's the team's leader in slot, uh, slot routes, slot targets, and the, the Lions do not allow slot receptions. They have a 60% completion centers to the slot, tied with the Patriots for the best in the league. I think this is setting up for a Dalvin Cook game overall.
0: Yeah, the Minnesota's just been playing a lot of two tight ends, right? I mean, they're not going to run out uh, Laquan Treadmill, Treadwell, whatever you <laughs> want to call them, uh, Ola ba- ba- Bassie Johnson, right? Who are these scrubs that they're they're throwing out there? They're just like, nah, we don't even want you guys on the field. We're going to play Kyle Rudolph, who's going to block, and we're going to play Irv Smith, and he's going to do a couple of things, and that's how they're attacking right now. So it's an interesting formational matchup because basically teams all year long have been playing three cornerbacks or three wide receivers against the Lions, and the Lions defense is pretty good, mainly because Coleman's been been pretty good. He's by far their their highest graded receiver on Pro Football Focus. So uh, keep your eye. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm not as low on theme. I like that game. I like that game to score a bunch of points. If you ask me, so I'll go go on the sharp side app. Hit the over on uh, on. Uh, I think it's at like 45 on that Vikings game and and get yourself one, one step closer. All the free money we're giving away
1: here, at Um
0: One more, I I got another sleeper. DK Metcalf is is sort of a guy I'm looking at. I think that game's going to score a lot of points. We got Will Disley, who was like DFS MVP for a couple of weeks. He's gone. Another season-ending injury for him, always sad to see. But, hey, in DFS, right, we only got to roster the guys for a week. He's not on our radar anymore. DK, seven end zone targets already. That's tied for second in the league. And if Disley's gone, who else – I mean, who are they going to throw touchdowns to? And they've got one of the most burnable quarterbacks that cornerbacks they just signed over there in Baltimore. Uh, I think there's a a reason to think DK Metcalf could hit a long bomb, right? He can get an end zone target. Uh, I think Tyler Lockett might get uh, shadowed a little bit by Marlon Humphrey, and uh, this could be the DK Metcalf game, Daniel.
1: I can see that. Uh, I know last week, Jaron Brown was a beneficiary, but that was, you know, kind of scrambling spur of the moment with Mm -hmm. that week to prepare. I don't see why Metcalf wouldn't get a lot of that usage. And, uh, you know, he's a boom bust guy. He's going to have some bad games, but man, if he hits, he's going to hit real hard.
0: Yeah. There's ways for two touchdowns for him in this game. So he's someone I like uh, quite a bit uh, for large field GPPs at, at lowish ownership, in my opinion, anyone else, a wide receiver, or you want to, you want to talk some tight ends. Then we can go on tight end. All right, Uh, everyone. So we've got, there's two guys who are going to garner all the attention this week, at least on DraftKings, right? We've got Evan Ingram, flowchart, blah, 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 Derek Hardy, right? I know you were – I saw you on Twitter talking about how (laughs) the tight ends versus Arizona isn't a thing. Well, I don't care it's Evan Ingram. The problem is, Daniel, we've been playing all these tight ends against Arizona, and they've been 3,000 and 4,000 and 5,200, right? And that that works, right? I can make that work. 6,500 – on a tight end does not work for me. That is a position I almost always want to spend down on because I want Saquon Barkley and I want Dalvin cook, right? I want those guys in my lineups more than I want Evan Ingram. The other guy is Hunter Henry, who has a a bajillion yards, two touchdowns. He was supposed to be limited right in that uh, game for the chargers. They just needed him so much. They're like, nah, go play every play. He's back in there. Uh, I, I like his matchup. I think he can score a lot of fantasy points too. He fits. The price that I want. He's four K on DraftKings because he played in the late game and they didn't adjust his price. So these are the two guys everyone wants to play. I'm going to give you. If you have to play, you're forced to play one of these. Think about everything else you have to do in your lineups. Are you spending up twenty five hundred dollars more for a tight end? Not named Travis Kelsey, right? It's Evan Ingram, but it's against Arizona. Are you taking Hunter Henry at four K?
1: You, uh, I, I think I'm still going Ingram. I get all the points. I think you're probably saying the right stuff, but just everything about Ingram just setting up so well. You you know, you mentioned the Twitter thing. I don't think it's a real thing. I think especially tight end matchup stuff does not last. Teams can adjust to that in a second. We're talking about it. We're talking about as, it till it stops working. Right. <laughs> as long as it's working, I'm riding it. And I, I know the 2500 could make all the difference, but Henry has been a volatile player. I want to see him do it a few weeks. I, I don't think you'd be wrong to use Henry. There's, there's, there's this play guy play. back. I'm spinning up, though.
0: There's this guy back in the secondary, too, for Arizona, right, that might make the outside matchups a little tougher. Uh, yeah.
1: I, Pat, I've torn on this
0: one. I think I'm going Hunter Henry. He just makes the rest of your lineup look good. You have to make a, you know, one or two pretty reasonable concessions to play Evan Ingram at 6,500. I like him for tournaments, of course. I like him in game stacks, but it is very anti-my cash game nature to want to drop 6,500 on a tight end, no matter. Evan Ingram's good. The flow chart's good, but that is just something I don't tend to do too often, so that, I'm going to have to wrestle with that throughout the week, but... I wanted to put that out there for everybody. If you need a couple cheaper guys, I think we have some, right? We've got Mark Andrews sitting there, forty nine hundred has a, has a big game, forty eight hundred misses the the hundred yard bonus by one yard, and DraftKings was like, you know what? We're only going to raise your price a hundred dollars. So Mark <laughs> Andrews at forty nine hundred, he's like a nice in between, in my opinion. If you if you yeah. have extra money and you want to make sure you get seven to ten targets, Mark Andrews is definitely the guy.
1: Yeah, He's uh, the, the PFF record in yards per run for a tight end is 2.82, George Kittle last year. Well, in the 13 games since Lamar Jackson took over week 11 last year, Mark Andrews 2.84. Would have set the all-time record, granted split season, not a full season, whatever. The point is, he's been ridiculous. You know he's been ridiculous, but seeing those kind of numbers just really puts it into perspective. Uh,
0: another guy I'm, I'm drawing a little more interest in, uh, Tyrell Williams. It looks like he's got plantar fascia, I think. That's how the cool kids say it. Uh, I'm not a doctor or anything like that. But we've got Darren Waller. He's just forty seven hundred, and he was getting all these targets, you know, with Tyrell Williams. He, he plays that game in London against Chicago with Tyrell Williams out, and he only gets five targets. So I think that soured us. Anyone who used him there isn't probably going to go back to him. But it's against Green Bay. Do you think Waller? I mean, at just forty seven hundred, I think his target should probably bounce back up. It's what is, it? is he going to throw the ball to Zay Jones or is he going to throw it to Darren Waller? Right. <laughs>
1: honestly, I'm going to go I, – I, I'm, I'm the anti-Darren Waller of, of last month. I They've not thrown him the ball in the end zone yet all year. They've only thrown him the ball in the red zone three times. He's getting plenty of targets, but he's getting all the low-value targets. Until we st- I mean, Even when Williams is out, they didn't throw him the ball deep. So until he starts seeing the ball down near scoring territory, I just don't think he has enough upside for you to pounce on him in DFS. I can't do it.
0: Yeah, uh, and real quick, uh, Hunter, I had a couple more notes on Hunter Henry. Uh, you don't, you can't really run on the Titans, and the Chargers can't run at all, right? Their offensive line's absolutely obliterated. So if their offensive line's obliterated, too, what can't you do? Throw deep. So those are all now Hunter Henry targets, in my opinion. Uh, they're allowing the 10th most fantasy points are the Titans uh, Two tight ends this year, too. So a Hunter Henry 4K, uh, I can go into it, but the if I had it, if I, I could make a flow chart that tells me Hunter Henry's a really good play, Daniel. So I think I'm going to be saving the money. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to play Saquon and Delvin Cook, and I'm going to play some Leonard Fournette, and maybe I'll mix in some Karrion Johnson, and my teams will be looking good. So uh, I think that's going to about wrap it up. Oh, wait, hold on. A couple more. Let's uh, let's talk a couple sneaky-ish low-owned plays. These guys, uh, I think, you like you say, either way, flip a coin if you're looking at a Texans tight end because they're basically identical across the board. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the first two weeks, Texans didn't use tight ends at all. They, they, Jordan Akins, Darren Fells just might as well not have been there. Last four weeks, there are only 10 tight ends across the league who have multiple touchdowns, and these guys are two of them. They both have more than 40 PPR points. Combined, they have 84. They're behind only Austin Hooper in that time. Meanwhile, the Colts have allowed the third most PPR points, two tight ends this season. It, it's, it's a dicey play, but it's if you're trying to save money, go all the way down. These guys have been used pretty heavily in recent weeks. I think they're interesting. Uh, And again,
0: I forgot to mention this to you guys at the top, but uh, if you're still sticking around, uh, check out the FanDuel single entry series. We run this every year. It's really popular uh, with a lot of the members here on Roto-Grinders. It's a single entry tournament series. You got to play every week. And if the top six finalists uh, will get a trip to the FanDuel uh, final in Puerto Rico, you don't get to play for their live final stuff. We've got our own little separate prize pool, um, but you can check that out on FanDuel. It's the single entry series. It's in the FanDuel lobby. And if you, uh, you know, browse your way through Roto-Grinders, you should be able to find some links to it. And if you like, you know, you don't want to be playing up against 150 entries of the best players over and over again, this is a good way. I think the truest test of skill in DFS is, is the single-entry stuff, and and we always like that here at Roto-Grinders. So give that uh, a look, everybody. That's going to do it uh, for the Week 7 edition of the Pro Football Focus Show. Go check out Daniel's article. Check out Scott's article. All the other cool stuff, the grades. Uh, I can go on in the premium statistics that we talk about on here, the team grades. Those make it really easy to determine, hey, is this team good against the run, the pass? And it makes our research a breeze. And I use that uh, pretty much every single week here for the show. Uh, good stuff going on over at PFF. Uh, that's going to do it. Daniel, it's been fun. I'll see you next week, my friend. I'm Britt. Thanks for watching. And we watch gotcha.